and welcome. I'm Joe, And I'm Roddy. And you've joined us for Stage Door. We have a fantastic hour for you talking all things theatre, film and arts, including... Lifting the curtain, giving you the inside info of all that's going on nationally, locally and digitally. Yep, we're snipping around backstage to bring you the news, the gossip and our pick of the week. There's a new feature coming for 2022, taking your ringing requests. Find out what'll be up first. And you can join us and take part in Name That Show, where we ask you to guess the musical from three brief clips of songs. Then there's our quick quiz, where Joe pummels me with five really jolly hard-to-answer questions. <laughs> I'll be nice this time. And <laughs> later on in the show, don't miss Out of the Vault, where we share the plot of a show you might not have heard of. Don't miss our spotlight interview with West End actor Reese Owen. Yeah, and that's all rushing your way before midday here on Stage Door. Live across the Thames Valley, this is River Radio. Woohoo! Now, Roddy, what time yes. of the year is it? It's a Happy New Year! <laughs> <laughs> happy New Year! Woohoo! I bought my party blower. Good. You're going to take that off me. Take that yeah, off please. me and break it before the end of the show. Please, please, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, well, happy New Year, Roddy! It's so good to see you and for us to be back together again doing the show. Absolutely, here we are, uh, back on back on the Zoom version. I'm continuing my tour of the British Isles. Last seen in Berry, I'm now in Derby. You're in Derby, fantastic. For and how's the show going? It's going really well. Um, audiences have been uh, brilliantly effusive and bold in coming out to support live theatre. It's been so nice to have the sort of 10,000 volts of children reacting back to screaming boo and it's behind you. And no, I've really loved it. It's been a joy to be back because it was so hard missing Panto last year. That, And you've been. Thank you for coming. Oh, pleasure. It was, it was good to see you and uh, loved the makeup that you wore. <laughs> some, uh, some pretty impressive eyebrows. Yeah, you had some good costumes as well. Uh, well, Morgan, who's the dame and the writer and the designer, does have some incredible costumes himself, but he designs mm. a very pretty show. There's glitter everywhere. I'm sure will be finding glitter in July at this rate, I suspect. <laughs> I'm sure. And I did really like the set as well. I thought it was gorgeous, really gorgeous. Oh, good. Well, since I saw you last, I have yeah. been to see a couple of shows myself. So before I came up to Derby, I went to see Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, and what did you think? I really enjoyed it. I mean, you've got to suspend your disbelief pretty high to accept the premise of it. Uh, you know, yeah. the lie that sort of disintegrates all around the kids' ears. But I thought the opening was stunning. Um, some of the sound was a bit imbalanced the night I watched it. I don't know whether that was just a problem with the speakers or where I was sitting, but the tunes are brilliant. Um, and I thought it was, I was really pleased to get to see it. Something interesting happened in the queue on the way in is that the COVID mm. app, the government's NHS one, crashed. And I think it's because, in a rather heartwarming way, there are so many people going to the West End, going into theatres, that at 7.25 on a show night, <laughs> everyone's trying to get their passport up and it's just crashing it the app. It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, I've been um, lucky to see stuff as well. What have you seen? Go on, you go first. 
I went to see HMS Pinafore at the ENO as well. So I mentioned I was going. It's the Cal McChrystal one who I've talked about before. He does a very funny, modernised mm. version of it. Um, there was a really brilliant moment in that where they did quite a lot with um, union flags waving, uh, you know, based on, um, you know, nice. we've heard quite a lot from the government about there being uh, more flags and there are flags everywhere, flags on the Downing Street podium, fla- flags behind the woman <laughs> talking about a party. And then, uh, so they had Boris winched across. I can say this now because the show's closed, but they had Boris winched across. Do you remember that um, famous picture of him stuck on the Santander um aerial slide so they had that then they had a (laughs) massive uk flag filling the stage then they had a whole load of the cast holding little mini union flags so it always it sort of kept jumping from flag loving to being slightly ironic and then a really beautiful touching final picture they all took out a flag of their own nationality. So they were all waving. Generally speaking, they were all waving very oh. different flags. You know, there was Welsh flags, Northern Irish flags, but there was also Greek and Italy and Spain. It was really beautiful to oh, see beautiful. all of yeah. the nationalities of these incredible operatic singers. Yeah, good show. What have you seen? Oh, nice one. So um, I've seen quite a few things. I Before we coming to see you, I saw um, the play What I Wrote um, in yes. Birmingham Rap. Great. And that was uh, a bit of fun, a bit of silliness, which was good. Well, I love um, They had wise. special guests uh, also. Um, they had, uh, the week before we got there, they had Tom Hiddleston as their special guest, oh, uh, wow. which is quite amazing. Yeah. And when we were there, it was Sue Holderness uh, oh, yeah. from Only Fools and Horses. Um, Who you'd seen. I, I'd seen the week before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> which is really hilarious but anyway small world small world um and that was good um and new year's eve i went to see the nutcracker matthew bourne's nutcracker at Sadler's oh. Wells, and that was the most delightful treat ever it was just superb i can so imagine beautiful. that was sumptuous that's a good word i just couldn't stop grinning from start to finish i yeah. yeah you know my partner was sitting next to me kept looking at me and i just had this this giant smile because everything oh. was so excellent you know it was just beautiful Warmed the cockers of your heart that's such a oh, great festive treat it really really was and it's on till the 30th of january it's been extended so i really hope people can get to see it ah oh i might get to see that when i'm back in london then right let's plow into name that show name that show Now, you'd think nearly a year into doing Stage Door that I would have learnt something from my musical theatre education, but I have no idea what that is. I have a feeling you'll get it from one of the other little clips, okay? Because okay. it is quite iconic, I'm not going to say. Oh, and also, I, another show I went and saw was David Heal, who came in, in we interviewed his uh, show um, that didn't have James Corden in it. Uh, I went and saw <laughs> his production, and he actually sang this song... That oh, we're wow. doing now. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So maybe play it again. But I also have some really good news. Now, do you remember, Roddy, I said that the winner of the most accurate guesses for 2021 on my leaderboard was going to get a prize? Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I do. Okay. You, you've been very good at promising a tantalizing prize. I have. And uh, the winner is. Drum roll. I don't, do we have a drum roll? I don't know if we have a drum roll. Anyway, I I'll, do have I'll, a drum roll tucked away if you want it. 
okay, thank you. Um, so, oh, I like that. Thank you so much. And the winner for last year is Carol Bader. Woo. Well done, Carol. Now, Carol would always uh, email in yeah, and tell us what she thought it was, and she's pretty quick as well. Uh, so thank you, Carol. There is a prize coming your way from us at Stage Door. If you want to get involved and get on my leaderboard, for 2022 let's listen to that again roddy and let's see if people can guess what show this is from right so imagine i'm like carol and i'm sitting there thinking i know what that is what should i do joe you need to email me at joe at river.radio so it's jo at river.radio. Tell me what you think that is uh, so I can put it on my leaderboard. I've got a new one. Um, can you see it, Roddy? It's beautifully um, sort of mapped out on my, uh, what do you call it thing? A clipboard. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, for me. Oh, golly. I'm starting the year really well, aren't I? <laughs> I do love that because we're recording this on Zoom and both in our respective current domiciles, that there you are surrounded yeah. by some of your favourite things because you've got this beautiful Christmas tree there. And accordingly, a massive grin on your face that even before Twelfth Night has hit, it is still Christmas in your heart. <laughs> oh, definitely. I, I know I do need to put things away and tidy up, uh, which I will do, but... Um... For the Why not? I mean, I remember last year seeing Christmas trees up in February, which I thought was quite a clever trick to sustain okay. the festive spirit for as long as possible so that so that 2021 wouldn't feel so long. Uh, I mean, it turned out to be something of an equivalent bin fire as 2020, but uh, never mind. Right, time <laughs> to lift the curtain. Well, there's been a lot happening, a lot trailed is coming, there's been a lot of theatre to see, and there's loads of stuff that we're excited to tell you about in 2022. What have you got, Joe? I was going to start local, if that's all right. Good you. plan, good plan, yeah. yeah. Start in the um, heart of the Thames so, Valley, great. Absolutely. So, Norden Farm uh, in Maidenhead have got loads of fabulous uh, films on from the Royal Opera House and the National Theatre. So, you know, the Royal Opera House Live, National Theatre Live, you know, where you get a chance to actually sit in a theatre and watch it on a really big screen. They have loads to choose from over the next few weeks. And I really recommend if you want to just indulge without having to go into London or you missed it because that show is finished now, you can still see it at Norden.farm in Maidenhead. Um, So just head to their website and have a look at all the the huge choice they have, actually. Uh, They also have uh, Sounds of Springsteen, if you're a Bruce Springsteen fan, on the 21st of January at 8pm. A lot of these local places, as they're building up and the tours are coming back in, they are having lots of gigs, which is really, really great. So um, we have uh, even the Theatre Royal in Windsor. um, They're finishing up Jack and the Beanstalk uh, this weekend on the 9th of January. So if you haven't been able to go to see a panto go to the theater royal at windsor and just see that one before it closes um but they've got the magic of motown on the 10th and the 11th of january um and you know there's loads and loads of uh fabulous tribute band, bands i mean reading hexagon they've got the jam tribute band queen prince there's loads so if you really want a nice just full-on great night out with 
the music that you love and there's such a huge diversity of, of bands um just just look at the local theaters because you know it encourages the local theaters to keep going but also live music we just need to get back into it and really really enjoy it so um so that's really fun the other thing at reading is um dragons and mythical beasts show uh is starting on the third to the fifth of february and it's the creators of dinosaur world live now if your kids are into that kind of thing um go go in and just enjoy all of that and get that in the diary quickly another great thing for kids uh, coming to the wickham swan is justin uh, who's mr tumble uh, live oh, yes. on the 12th and 13th of feb so you know if you want to book in just don't forget, we can't uh, leave these to the last minute. You need to book ahead for these things. So if you've got young kids who love Mr. Tumble, he's at the Wickham Swan on the 12th and 13th of Feb. Is that half term? It is. It's just the beginning. Certainly close to it, it's isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's it's very close. Valentine's uh, Day, when I'm normally sitting at home crying, I know, is during <laughs> half term. <laughs> um, John Bishop is on the 12th of Jan. Um I like his comedy. There's, if you're into illusion and magic at the Wickham Swan, uh, there's illusion impossible on the 13th of Jam. If you want to do something really silly, there's the ultimate boy band party show on the 4th of February, uh, which looks really, really good fun as well. So there's a few things uh, local. Great. I, I mean, just looking nationally as well, I've got some some mm. gossip that's quite a few months old now, but I've saved this up my sleeve since we were last okay. recording a stage door episode, um, yeah. which is, I don't know whether you saw this, that Andrew Lloyd Webber accused younger cast <laughs> members in Cinderella of failing to remember that they work in the service industry. Yeah. Um, apparently nobody has a right to be on the stage. OK, I think I agree to that. But the service industry, is this just an excuse to not pay them very well? Outrageous. Yeah, I was a bit confused as to what his intent was there. Because I, I like you, I do agree that, you know, you shouldn't have that diva mentality that you're more special than anybody else just because you're getting on a stage. I completely get that. I don't know where he was coming from. Sounds a bit feudal. It sounds like a, a wealthy overlord telling the peasants just to get back to the machinery, thanks. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, it's you know, obviously his show's been closed down now, so that's back up mid-February. It uh, comes back up, I think, on February the 6th. So all those people aren't serving the industry anyway right now. <laughs> no, I mean, he's he's had a stressful time at that show because he's obviously desperate to get it open on Broadway as well. But playing a voicemail yeah. angrily to the cast members to tell them that they need to be doing more after a review expressly said that the cast are doing brilliantly and that the floor is in the show itself is a bit yes. mean. Um, something more positive, though, Emma Rice's Wuthering Heights is at the National Theatre. Mm. It's there for just six weeks from the 3rd of February. And a bit like you saying there if you like it if you want it book it now before it's gone this is gonna go this is gonna sell it's shot through with music and dance it's a passionate powerful theatric you know nothing is more theatrical than an emma rice production you haven't got knee high anymore go and see this and obviously adapting emily bronte's famous novel but it's on for six weeks from the third of february the times gave it five stars and said it's emotionally epic entertainment and i am here for emotionally (laughs) epic entertainment yeah, I've seen the photos from um, from the show as well, and they look 
stunning. Doesn't really, really it? Beautiful. Doesn't it look great? And speaking of a good aesthetic that hooks you in, the poster for Persuasion, Jane Austen's Persuasion from one writer to another, um, is at Alexandra Palace. Now, this is a Rose yep. Theatre show and an Oxford Playhouse production. It began, I think, in 2017 at the Royal Exchange of Manchester, but um, this is riotously reinvented for the 21st century as well. And it's Austen's famous romantic comedy featuring an explosive foam party and a soundtrack from Frank Ocean, Dua Lipa and Cardi B. So that sounds... Wow. Yeah, right? Sounds like that's had um, a little bit of citric acid sprinkled all over it. So that's from the 7th to the 30th of April. I mention it now because, again, A, I think it's going to go, but B, there are some super low-priced seats there at the minute. So if you fancy Jane Austen's Persuasion, that's at Ali Pali, Alexandra Palace, in April, and it's booking now. Fantastic. I was sad to hear that the Vaults Festival for 2022 has been cancelled. Has it? Yeah, they've made that decision, um, which is really sad. Yeah, because it couldn't obviously do 2021 either. It probably makes sense, given the nature of that building and the almost innate impossibility of socially distancing it or trying to keep anything in any particular order that they take another clear year off. But what a shame. Yeah. And also because they are so supportive of new writers and new smaller companies and everything, they can't afford to take a risk, those small companies, you know, of of setting it all up and then it being cancelled at the last minute. It is a rather, it, it is an impressive breeding ground, actually, that, and it feeds into work that then is seen in Edinburgh and then later makes its way onto the big stage. I mean, just thinking about something like Play That Goes Wrong that was in Edinburgh, mm. people are now using the Vaults Festival as a trial space, you know, a sort of safe place of to start to start mm. checking out a show. Well, should we listen to some music and then we'll rifle through the curtain a little more? This is from Frozen. It's beautiful. Gorgeous, isn't it? Beautiful. Really lovely. Well, this is River Radio, and you can listen on our website, river.radio, and our mobile app for Apple and Android. Just search for River Radio Live, and you can even tell Alexa, play River Radio Live. (laughs) Right, I've got one more lifting the curtain, and then we'll leap into our pick. The Young Vic 
has best of enemies. It's only on till the 22nd of January, so you've only got two more weeks. Um, and the strap line for this is a quote. A man should never turn down two things, sex and appearing on television. <laughs> uh, it's 1968, a year of protest that divided America, and it's a battle between the conservative William F. Buckley Jr. and the iconoclastic liberal Gore Vidal. So these political idols who feud nightly in a new television format. Now, I don't know whether you've heard of James Graham. He's got a prolific output of plays. It's a new play by him. He wrote Queers, Labour of Love, etc., and it's directed by Jeremy Herrin, who's directed things like This House and People, Places and Things, notably. Uh, David Harewood's in the cast. It looks great. It's getting great reviews. So that's Best of Enemies. Last couple of weeks to catch that at the Young Vic in London. Amazing. It's time then for our pick. Well, I thought I would mention, Roddy, um, that fabulous show, Spike, that is coming to the Watermill yes. at Newbury. Now, I mentioned it a little while ago, but I just really want to remind everybody, it's a new comedy by Ian Hislop, which you should definitely know, and Nick <laughs> Newman. And, yeah. yeah, it's going to be a lovely, fun um, look at Spike Milligan's work, really. Um, it's the booming 50s, and Britain is in the clutches of goon mania as men, women, children across the country scramble to get their ear to a wireless, to remember what their wireless is, <laughs> for another <laughs> instalment of The Goon Show. So while Harry Seekham and Peter Sellers get down on serious business of becoming overnight celebrities, fellow goon and chief writer Spike finds himself pushing the boundaries of comedy and testing the patience of the BBC. So it's an absurdly funny new play. Um, and, you know, it's by the guys who wrote The Wipers Time, who got five stars all over the place. Um, so it's going to be really good fun, I think. So yeah, that's at the Watermelon Newbury. I was doing Ning Nang Nong a couple of weeks ago uh, with Eli, who yeah. very kindly and very brilliantly co-hosted with you one of our Christmas specials. Um, and there's a video yes. of Spike doing that poem. And it is so insane, like all of the different shots. It looks like the sort of thing that somebody's filmed in lockdown um, okay. because he's, it's all shots of him lying on his hall carpet or leaning over a balcony <laughs> or on his head in the garden it's ridiculous but very entertaining and also i don't know if you've ever watched that video of him accepting a lifetime achievement award um, no. with a notice handed to him he, a letter is given to him from prince prince charles whose favorite comedian he was um yeah. and he calls him a groveling little beep uh, really? which, which erupts the room absolutely erupts yeah he's an in incredible character that sounds a brilliant show we need part two of name that show That does seem familiar. It does. Yeah. I feel like I've heard that before, but I, you don't, have. I still don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> you have heard that. Um, so that's sort of like the, in the middle of the song that sort of comes down to a sort of like a half tempo kind of vibe and then mm. it obviously picks up again. Uh, so if you know the song, that's fabulous. But what we're looking for is the show. What show is that little tiny clip from. If you know, please email joe at river.radio and get on my leaderboard. In the evening, I've got to roam, can't sleep in the city of neon and chrome. Feels too damn much like home. 
<laughs> well, if you do know, you're one up on me. Well, look, it's a new <laughs> year. It's time to ring in the changes with our new feature, Ring In Requests. I know, Ooh. isn't that exciting? Yeah. So what we want to do here is if you would like us to play one of your requests, and this kind of came off the back of what we did at the end of 2021. Yeah. Which exploded because was... loads of people had good ideas. Absolutely. So we're going to choose one person each time and we're going to have you tell us why you've chosen it as well. Fab. Um, Who's phoning us today, Joe? So today it's Naomi Venables and uh, this is what she's asked for. <gasps> Joe, the phone's ringing. Joe, the studio you... hotline. What do I do? <laughs> Could you just answer it? Hello. Hi, Joe and Roddy. Uh, my request would be for Defying Gravity from Wicked. It's just the most incredible, pivotal moment in a musical where a character just wants to take control of her own life and move forward. Just phenomenal. And also because the skill needed to sing the song is just amazing. And I'm in awe of anyone who can do that. Bye. <laughs> Fair play. Ah, oh, well, thank you yeah. very much. Let's play it. Something has changed within me. Something is not the same. I'm through with playing by the rules of someone else's game Too late for second guessing Too late to go back to sleep It's time to trust my instincts Close my eyes And leap It's time to try to find Can't pull me down. Can't I make you understand? You're having delusions of grandeur. Through accepting limits, cause someone says they're so. Some things I cannot change, but till I try, I'll never know. Too long I've been afraid of losing love, I guess I lost. Well, if that's love, it comes at much too high a
So thank you, Naomi. That was brilliant. Uh, if you want to ring in and tell us what you'd like, please email me at joe at river.radio. So J-O at river.radio and tell me that you're interested in calling in and I will let you know how to do that. We'd love Fantastic. to hear your requests. Yeah. Yes, please. I'm excited to hear all the things. And also, we'll be introduced to things that we don't know, I'm sure. Well, look, there's loads still to come here on Stage Door, including our Spotlight interview with Reese Owen. But now, it's the quick quiz. With a sense of foreboding, we welcome 2022 with more questions that I don't know the answer to. <laughs> uh, listen, Roddy, I've decided to ease you in. Have you? I don't think there's anything in here you can't do. Okay, so okay. it's going to be fine. I, I thought about doing a lovely um, sort of like focused all on one area kind of quiz. But mm. this is just a general one and, and hopefully I'll do that in the future. So I thought I'd ease you in because, you know, we're a bit rusty, aren't we? Thanks very much. Yes, the hangover hasn't cleared yet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so question number one, and hopefully our listeners will um, email you in and help you out. Uh, Question one, Philip Schofield, Jason Donovan and Donny Osmond all have something in common. What is it? Well, I know that one. You, you know, yeah. that's very kind because you know that I'm very fond of that show. Okay, yeah. Yes, I do. Okay, question two, Curio is a character in which Shakespeare play? Oh, golly. Say that again. I think it's just Curio, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a character in which Shakespeare play. <sighs> OK, that one's going to need some dredging because it's minor. Yeah, OK. OK. Uh, question three. What was recently named as Stephen Sondheim's most famous musical? Oh, so in November last year, it said that it's his most famous musical. Well, I've got two or three. I mean, there's quite a lot to choose from. There is. Uh, and we've got, obviously, a tribute to him coming up in forthcoming weeks. Uh, yes, we do. OK, okay yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to have to pick one out of the hat for that. But, yeah, OK. OK, question four. According to uh, the musical, how many years has the annual Putnam Counting Spelly Bee been running? According to the musical, how many years has the ca- annual Putnam County Spelling Bee been running? <laughs> OK, well, I know what the title is, so I'm just going to have to give you that and hope that you've done the maths. <laughs> OK. Um, and finally, question five, which London theatre has the largest stage? Ooh. Which London theatre has the largest stage? OK, again, I've got a knee-jerk reaction, but it depends It depends which we're counting in that collection and Ooh, width okay. versus depth as well. Oh, it just, it's just the word largest. <laughs> so, <laughs> Don't so blame question me, I'll one. just read them. <laughs> question one, Philip Schofield, Jason Donovan, Johnny Osmond have something in common. What is it? Question two, Curio is a character in which Shakespeare play. Three, Stephen Sondheim's most famous musical is being... Which one? Um, according, question four, according to the musical, how many years has the annual Putnam Counting Spelling Bee been running? And finally, question five, which London theatre has the largest stage? If you think you know the answers to any of those, and there are quite a few I don't know the answer to, please help email roddy at river.radio whilst we listen to some Hamilton. Hear ye, hear ye, 
Media. My name is Samuel Seabury, and I present free thoughts on the proceedings of the Continental Congress. Heed not the rabble who scream revolution. They have not your interest at heart. Oh my God, tear this dude apart. Chaos and bloodshed are not a solution. Don't let them lead you astray. This Congress does not speak for me. They're playing a dangerous game. I pray the king shows you his mercy. For shame, for shame. Yeah. Heed have not you the all unravel at the sound of screams. But the revolution's coming. They have not gonna win just at heart. Hard to listen to you with a straight face. Chaos and bloodshed already haunt us. A solution and even talk. And what about Boston? Look at the cost and all that we've lost. And you talk about Congress does not speak. My dog speaks more eloquently than a dangerous dream. Your mind is the same. The king shows you his mercy. Is he in Jersey? For shame for the revolution. Yourself again, I'm gonna scream. scream. Honestly, look at me, please don't read. Not your interest. Don't modulate the key, then not debate with me. Why should a tiny island across the sea regulate the price of tea? Alexander, please. Burr, I'd rather be divisive than indecisive. Drop the niceties. Silence. A message from the king. A message from the king. A message from the I've still got my party blower. Right, so it's time for the answers. The reckoning is on us. Oh, bless you. Are you worried? I'm not unduly w- worried. I'm going to be frustrated with ones where I'm close but no cigar. So let's see how we go. Yeah. OK. So the first question was Philip Schofield, Jason Donovan and Johnny Osmond have something in common and what is it? They have all played Joseph in Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Well done, congratulations. Um, Next one. Oh, hang on, Uh, hang on, hang on. Ding. Yes. Beautiful. You love that, don't you? I do. I'm a big (laughs) fan of sounds. Yeah. Question two. Curio is a character in which Shakespeare play? I am torn between Much Ado and Twelfth Night, but I think... It's because we cut it from the one I'm doing. I uh, I did years ago in Reading. I think it's Twelfth Night. It is. Well yes. done. Yes. Come on, back of the net. Very oh, good. Where's my ding gone? I've lost my dinger. Got <laughs> it? Yeah, there found the dinger. Yeah. Let's get it ready. Okay. Question three. <laughs> Stephen Sondheim's most famous musical. Now think about the word famous to anybody, really. I suppose. Uh, well, think? I'm going to go um, the Ballad of Sweeney Todd. Well, yes, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Well done oh, yeah, you. sorry. I'm saying ballad because it's been on our play sheet for weeks. Yeah, Sweeney Todd is what I was going to go for. Is that yeah. right? It is correct. Yeah. So four out, was that three out of three so far? That's isn't three it? out of three so far, yeah. Okay. So question four, according to the musical, how many years has the annual Putnam Counting Spelling Bee been running? Well, this is the 42nd annual, so I presume there have been 41 prior. No, it's what? the 25th. Is it? <gasps> yeah. Have I got four? I'm thinking of 42nd Street. 
<laughs> I've just got a number yeah, in the are. title. Oh, no, twenty fifth annual Putnam. Oh, Party. Yeah. I'm a pillow. Uh, no, well, you're not. It's fine. And finally, which London theatre has the largest stage? I am going to guess the Theatre Royal Drury Lane. It's the London Coliseum. Oh, well, I was going to say, are we counting that? So that's been the ENO, obviously, home yes. for a long time. And it's sort of only recently been doing West Endy shows. But yeah, fair enough. That was my that was my next option. Yeah, well, I, the question was just London theatre. It wasn't necessarily. Musical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, in which case, I'd be interested to know the scale of the Olivier. But then I suppose it's circular. So yeah, anyway, I won't get out my protractor and a pie square to try and work not it out. today anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so three out, three out of five is not bad. That uh, isn't I'm gonna, bad at all. I'm going to need yeah. some more help in future to try, to try and make sure I can get through to five. Right now, let's see what we got in the vault today. Um, I think I can remember the pin. Yep. Boom. Yep. We're in. Come on through. I've got a glass of orange squash. Ah, I had a glass of orange squash. It's now all down me. Oh, dear, oh, dear. And now, S. S for sugar? S for Sierra? What's S for? It's Saturday Night Fever. Ah, good. Now, have you ever seen the movie, Roddy? Uh, I don't think so, not in its entirety. It's possible I've seen a bit of it on a wet Sunday afternoon, but no, I don't think I've seen all of it. I know, I know the famous stance look. I'm doing it. Anyway, you look great in that, Roddy. Uh, but the film itself was a 1977 John Travolta classic, and it really helped showcase him uh, in his dancing and his singing because it's uh, all about a boy who's quite young. He's only 19 in the show, uh, who has a normal, boring job selling paint in a hardware store. But he lives for his uh, nights dancing in the local discotheque. And it gets um, very exciting because he meets other people who... Um, he links up with to do sort of duet dancing and duo dancing um, and couples dancing. And there ends up being this great uh, competition going on, really. Uh, now, we've got to remember, this is like Brooklyn in New York. And so it's it's not a very glamorous kind of place. Him and his mates really looking over, you know, willingly to New York, I suppose, and wanting to have a different kind of life. Um, but it's it's it is like a coming of age show as well because it's that that ambition in life of to become more than you are anyway so this particular character tony monero wants to be uh, the disco king and he does have an extraordinary ability to dance um but this is his focus but you'll probably really know this show more than just the stance that you beautifully displayed a minute ago <laughs> um as being the show and the film and the music of the Bee Gees. I don't think you can think of Saturday Night Fever without thinking of the music of the Bee Gees because it's so entwined and they both feed each other so brilliantly. Um, the original musical was uh, choreographed and directed by Arlene Phillips as well. And she oh. then took that to Broadway and, and did that there as well. The dancing is fantastic. I mean, I love disco stuff anyway, but you've got your classic things like, you know, Staying Alive, uh, how Deep Is Your Love, Night Fever, Tragedy More Than a Woman, all those sort of things. Um, now, there has been an announcement that this is coming back to the West End this year. Oh, so wow. hopefully that will actually happen. Um, it is meant to be uh, at the Peacock Theatre. 
Um, so fingers crossed that it will have its eight-week run uh, in February and March. But let's have a little listen to one of my favourite songs from this show. You should be dancing. So get on your feet, Roddy, all right?
I love it when a musical peps, takes the original track and then peps it up with harmonies and a live band. That sounded great. Uh, I have worn myself out dancing. Uh, <laughs> pass me my inhaler. You're listening to River Radio online at river.radio on Apple, Android and Alexa. You can listen again on our website. We're a podcast on Apple and Spotify and coming in 2022 to DAB. Still to come, find out if you've correctly managed to name that show. But now it's our Spotlight interview. Well, I'm very excited to welcome to Stage Door now, Reese Owen. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm not bad, thank you. How are you? I've got COVID. Oh, Reese! Oh dear. So you're currently not at work, I presume? Uh, no, I'm not. I've missed the first show last night, and then I'll miss some cover rehearsals the rest of the week until potentially Saturday. I can hopefully go back. Gosh, well, at least you seem in fine health and asymptomatic. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Oh, good. Well, we'll talk more about that show later, but to start with, can you tell me how did you become an actor? <laughs> wow. I remember vividly being the Good Samaritan in The Good Samaritan in my <laughs> infant school. I must have been about five. And I remember sort of thinking, that was fun, sort of getting to go up on a little stage, on a little, you know, one of those raised stages that you have with all the sort of climbing apparatus behind us. <laughs> and just thinking, oh, I, li- I like the sort of raised level of being above people <laughs> and uh, getting applauded. And then I went to see Hook in the cinema, saw Robin Williams and instantly, again, vividly remember leaving the cinema and being like, I want to do whatever he does. And from that moment on, I remember just wanting to basically be Robin Williams. Did Bugsy Malone at school when I was 13. Classic, yeah. At that point on, I was just jumping from school show to join the local youth theatre and did West Side Story and My Fair Lady and kept on slogging through my teens until I decided, right, I'm going to go and do this properly. And went to drama school and came out and touched wood with a few sort of low points have been relatively all right in work. Good, you managed to keep going. And obviously, in the middle of all that, I got to meet you. Yay! (laughs) Yeah, well, you mentioned the low points. (laughs) Where did you train? Uh, I went to a place called the Rep College, which is in Reading. The only place I knew was GSA. And the only reason I wanted to go to GSA was because I knew that Bill Mighty went there and Michael Ball went there. I'd never heard Art said, Mountview, Rada, nothing. I just wanted to go to GSA. And I picked the world's most boring monologue and sang Razzle Dazzle from Chicago, which is obviously all about being a big dancer and all that. And just, I remember, I remember the panel looking at me being like, you f- Uh, And then I went, I found this place called the Rep College, which was training through repertory theatre. So we did 16 shows in one year, one every three weeks, from Greek tragedy to Shakespeare to fast to modern stuff. I got a chance to direct Road. And then you leave, you do a showcase in London, you get an equity card, you get paid, and then they go, bye, off you go. And it was lovely. I just got to just do plays and play different characters every three weeks. It was just exactly what I wanted. It was exactly what I wanted. I just wanted to act. I just wanted to act, and that's all I did. Great, and good practical training. It was. You've continued that same eclectic love of different styles of performance throughout your career, because just a glance at your CV shows you've done things like sketch comedy, you've been on tour, you've done musicals, you've done opera, you've done immersive improv stuff. Tell us, is it a conscious choice that the next thing you'll do is going to be as different as possible from the previous thing or is it very much what comes along (laughs) i mean one would like to think i've had a sort of thought process about my career but um 
I think it was probably the latter. That looks fun. Let's see what happens. I did Edinburgh Fringe. I started to get into, yeah, comedy. I started writing my own stuff. Got to the new comedian of the year semi-final in 2011. And then sort of realised that comedy wasn't making me any money. So started to sort of look into this new world that I found of called immersive theatre. Yes. Get into secret cinema. I worked at the Crystal Maze. I obviously did... Alice's Adventures Underground with your good self. And that sort of gave me this whole other world inside of stuff that I loved. You know, the improv, that every show's different. And then in 2017, I got my first, like, proper big touring musical in Spamalot, which, again, you very kindly came to see. Yes, well, I remember you'd been so keen during Alice. I remember you'd got a lovely voice and you'd got a real passion for being in musicals and yet you'd not hit one yet. And I remember being so pleased for you that you got Spamalot. I've done a few musicals in London and stuff, but, you know, profit share stuff, which is amazing for exposure and working with amazing people. But there was no longevity to it, and the money was always a bit dubious sometimes. So, yeah, to get spam a lot, be like, this is me for a year. I'm getting to travel around the country. We got to go to Dubai. That was my first, okay, here we go. Here Great. we go, here we go, here we go. Talk to me about Only Fools, which you're currently in in the West End when you're not at home isolating. How did you get involved with Only Fools and Horses? I came off the cruise ship where I was doing the Queen musical, We Will Rock You. And the one thing that I missed the most, apart from my family and friends and stuff, was theatre. So when I came back off the ship, I was very lucky to go straight into work and do Stranger Things with Secret Cinema. So every single day after rehearsals, I would be like, right, I'm going to go into London and see a show. And I saw Waitress, Come From Away, loads of others. And I was like, should I go and see Any Fools and Horses, the musical? Sounds like it might be terrible, but I'll give it a go. And I booked to see it in the second row for like 30 quid. Watched it with the biggest smile on my face. And this was before I even knew I had an audition or anything. And I remember saying to myself, I need to be in this show. And without even sort of pushing my agent or anything, I found myself a week and a half later getting into the room with the casting director, director, musical director, did the recall, came out of the room feeling pretty confident that I'd just booked my first West End gig. I've had a few close calls with musicals with uh, Les Mis, School of Rock, Mm. my two closest. And I got this call from my agent to say I'd got only fools. And I had about a week left of... Stranger Things, and left a week earlier and went on holiday to Tenerife, <laughs> learnt all my lines, learnt all my ensemble stuff. Um, <laughs> Had a pina colada. Yeah, turned up to rehearsals, ready to go, and then five weeks later, a global pandemic hits. Ah, OK, so that puts the brakes on it. Yep. When theatres reopened and when the West End has flung open its arms wide to the public, you've come straight back in. Yeah, we opened on October the 1st. So far, we've only had four shows cancelled in the last month. Annoyingly, one of them was our 23rd and 24th, so Christmas Eve and the day before, which was very, very triggering because it was exactly the same play out as March the 16th when we all closed. It was 20 past seven, the audience were all sitting down and we just had confirmation of a positive PCR test like five minutes before. So we heard the audience getting very disgruntled up behind the curtain and Lots of tears, mainly from me. Um, (laughs) It's like a little mini circuit breaker for our show. Every single press release says, you know, there's robust measures everywhere in every theatre. You know, we're trying to protect this industry so much. We've had people playing parts they've never played before. We've had backstage parts of the team. You know, our stage manager was being a dresser the other day. You know, and I'm a very emotional person anyway. And I would just find myself just looking at people doing these jobs and just shedding a little tear backstage, just being like, we're doing everything we can 
to try and keep this show open and keep our jobs going and prove to the government that theatre can still survive even under such stressful conditions. But we had our Raquel, our leading lady, get a positive on New Year's Eve. So one of our swings who'd literally started rehearsals the week before and had never done the show in full went on for her West End debut as the leading lady in Only Fools and Horses and smashed it. And she was unbelievable. She was going to give up the career up to a few months ago. That made me cry. Wow. Her first solo was called The Girl. And it's all of, you know, you hear about this girl who'd given up on her dreams. And Aww. I was just sat in the wings being like, she's singing about herself. It was lovely. And then her other song in Act Two is all about wanting to be on a West End stage. And just like, wow, she's literally singing about everything she's ever wanted. And it's happening for her. Yeah, yeah. She's got quite a lot to draw yeah. on here. <laughs> incredible, incredible. The things that we've done these last few weeks are a credit to our company, I think. Oh, that's lovely to hear. Reese. thank you very much for talking to me today here on Stage Door. Thank you. Oh, I love Reese. Him, he wells up all the time. He's famous for it amongst his friends for crying. But um, I love how emotional he is. And it's quite a raw time because as much as Stage Door began life as a triumphal return of theatre, it's obviously had a little bit of a rocky period over this Christmas. Oh, definitely. Oh, bless his socks. I mean, I love hearing that passion. Um, in his voice as well. But I remember, you know, over just before Christmas, the Bed Knobs and Broomsticks cast were in a bit of a pickle because there was 11 people in the cast and crew that was off with COVID. And it's such a technical show uh, with the, the bed flying and all this magic and all these things happening that they had to close down for a couple of days and teach more techie people and get other people in from other places and other shows to learn the show really quickly so that the show could go on and you know that's how much everybody is working so hard to make uh theater accessible for everybody yeah i mean i saw one show that was down from 18 cast members to eight and they were still managing to go out there every night i've seen photo after photo on instagram and twitter of casts where the ensemble have gone from eight to three and people really pulling out all the stops because as much as work from home guidance is very necessary we're in an industry where you can't do it from home you know we can't do zoom theater forever Mm. um but yes we're getting there we're getting there hopefully we can ride this out and all be back in the theater soon absolutely absolutely right well Let's see if you could get Name That Show, Roddy. Name That Show. I recognise that. I recognise that. Ah, woo. Tonight, yeah. I've heard that. Where? What is that? That on, happens can... a lot. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to that again. I don't know, but I have heard it. It, it. It's a bit, looking at the wave pattern, I've had to turn it down. It's quite loud. It's quite busy. It's not yeah. my musical taste. It's full on, yeah. But, I just right, wanted you... us to have something really in your face, to be honest. That's why I chose it. Good, but... yeah, no, nice. Fireworks, balloons and doves to kick off 2022. Absolutely. Let's kind of my drum roll, please. Yeah, here it is. The show that that song comes from is Rent. <laughs> and the song is out tonight. 
Very good. So, yeah, you have heard it. Yeah, I have. I've watched, <laughs> it. I've watched it sitting next to you. There we go. That'll explain it. Ah, uh, well, fantastic. We'll play you out with the full track of Out Tonight from Rent. But for this week, that's it from us. Join us next Thursday at 11 when we'll be live in the River Radio studio for more. Woo! From the, the stage, stage door.
Across the Thames Valley, this is River Radio. Spread the word. Yeah! Don't get it twisted, you know. My dad's from East, which makes me a real geezer fella. Someone get me up me Yo, get me white boy wasted. Yeah. Get me lit, get me, get me faded. Get the dumps, get the gallim naked. Want the long johnny city that she tasted. Oui. Now she hook like a basin. Oui. 